0: It's July 22nd, 2015, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's technology. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. In this hour,
1: we'll hear about upcoming events that are focused on the startup scene. Melly James is here to tell us about tomorrow's monthly luncheon with the Hawaii Venture Capital Association. Then Darcy Sharfenstein from Entrepreneurs Foundation will cover the Poo Poo's and Pitches Pau Hana gathering tomorrow night. And
0: finally, we'll get a preview of the International Astronomical Union's General Assembly, the world's largest gathering of astronomers that's coming to Hawaii next month. Uh, here in the studio, we'll also we'll have... IFA Institute for Astronomy's director, Dr. Gunther Hassinger, and Dr. Roy Gal,
1: And joining us by phone from Padova, Italy, will be Piero Bienvenuti, D- Deputy General Secretary of the IAU. Of course, you can also join the conversation by calling in or tweeting us.
0: And Mele, we want to start with you, and you've got a big event. Of course, every month you have a big event. You know? Yes,
2: I do. Thank and you. And of for course, us. this
0: one was uh, is kind of cool because you are featuring all the accelerators at a luncheon.
2: Yes, all the venture accelerators here in Hawaii will be featuring five of them. So we have Lisa Kleisner from Kamehameha School's Hawaii Investment Ready Program. Mm-hmm. We have Tark Sultan from Accelerate UH, Shanoa Farnsworth from Blue Startups, Warren Doy from Energy Accelerator, and Nikki Neitz from the Global Virtual Studio on the Big Island.
0: So, how would you, let's say, I, the first one I'm not familiar with, the Kamehameha School one, mm-hmm. um, what qualifies them to be sort of this in this? class of accelerator
2: so a venture accelerator um, they're actually giving funding so that's where we, we drew the line there's so many great resources here in Hawaii and actually I can go into a little bit of the program initiative sure. updates that will also be during during doing during the program mm-hmm. but really we wanted to focus on the venture accelerators funding mechanisms through programs so these are all of these programs are actually giving funding to these startups mm-hmm
0: Now, uh, I think um, in terms of the, I guess, going back to the Kamehameha School, and so they're Mm -hmm. giving some funding uh, for some of these early startups?
2: Yes, so more social impact startups. Uh Okay, okay. So ones that have graduated in the past have been um, Ma'o Farms, um, Mm -hmm. and I believe the Street Grinds, Pony Eskew and Brandon Eskew. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, we've had them
1: on as well, back when they first launched Street Grinds. Um, The other one that I think... comes up is uh, the GVS the, the GVS Accelerator, the Big Island one, yes. um, and uh, probably one that is less seen on Oahu. So mm-hmm. is that an opportunity to, to cover them as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have Nikki and David Bruce flying over from the Big Island uh, to be talking and sharing more about the program. Mm-hmm. So like I was mentioning earlier, there are so many resources here on Oahu and in Hawaii. And so we're actually giving an opportunity for some of the other organizations to give an update on new resources, programs, and focus that's coming up so people can stay abreast of, of what's going on. Um, in particular, the Hawaii Strategic Development Corp with their High Can initiative and funding that they're giving to organizations for events and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, high beams focus on Asia. Uh, We've got EF, Darcy will be on, talking about some of their new initiatives and focus with the organization, as well as HTDC. They just brought on a new uh, a new position, Thelma, mm-hmm. uh, who will be working on a lot of new programs with HGDC. So a lot of great stuff happening.
0: So those last uh, four that you just mentioned, they are in addition to the accelerators that you're featuring uh, at the luncheon. Yes.
2: Yeah, so it's going to be a very full, full agenda. So we'll probably start a little before noon, which is very rare for us. Um, each of the initiatives will have about two minutes to go oh, through some of their new uh, their new program, right? right. Um, and then we'll start the panel, which will just be the five. So mm-hmm. for
1: the programs, kind of. Like Like they've got to do their pitch, their elevator pitch. They've got two minutes to say (laughs) what's going on with them.
2: Yeah, we have over 120 entrepreneurs and business people and – venture capitalists uh, coming tomorrow. So we're really excited that we were able to partner with all of the organizations who are presenting tomorrow, mm-hmm. who all came together to help heavily subsidize the ticket price, which is why for this luncheon, it's $20 instead of the normal 34
1: And I remember, I think I mentioned, I saw on your site that you mentioned if you're interested in these things, you should come. But if you like bread pudding, you should come as well, yes. because the Plaza Club is known for that. Well, I-, I love these programs that you do every month, and especially that the-, the-, the door seems to be open much wider and more broader cross-section of the community when I you know when if I hear Hawaii Venture Capital Association, I think, well, that's not a club I'm in because I'm not a venture capital investor. But you're you're working with the the local entrepreneur community, people who might be looking for venture capital. This is actually very relevant to them.
2: Absolutely, what we do at HVCA is really bring together the entrepreneurial, the business world, and investor world together mm-hmm. to network and educate through our programs. So we're really excited. Just even looking at the venture accelerator program, they've been around for about two years now. You know, what what's happened? Where were we? Where are we now? Where where do we hope to be in five to 10 years? Mm-hmm. So really great discussion on what we've seen, how effective this has been, what has been the impact um, and, and why is it so important?
0: Now, you mentioned uh, the the program and I know you added the uh, the additional uh, organizations that are going to be presenting. Are you uh, can you share some of the announcements that perhaps some of the well, I'll give you an example. Blue startup is already talking about giving more money because uh as a as a seed investment, I think they're up to a hundred thousand dollars now yes and, I mean I think and that's probably one of their kind of new announcements and something that they want to focus
2: on absolutely yeah Does how about be?
0: some of the others Are, do you have some other uh, uh, uh breaking announcements that you might want to share with us
2: uh let me look here. I'm not <laughs> super familiar with all of them of course i I know extensively accelerate u UH. a okay sure, ah, yeah. sure so we're we're recruiting now. Um, and our program will be beginning in the in the middle of September. Mm-hmm. So right now is a perfect time to learn more about the application process. And a lot of people don't don't realize that Accelerate UH is open to alumni too. So it's any affiliation with the university. So we invest in the talent as well as IP and, and other great ideas coming out of the university. So even if you graduated 20 years ago, you've got some really great app idea, you can you can um, apply.
1: And I know that the GVS Accelerator, the one on the Big Island, they're looking now, they're about to open their applications for their second cohort. So I think that's one of the things that they will cover. So you mentioned, uh, of course, finding information on these different programs, finding information on the accelerators. But you also said uh, how you kind of evaluate how they're doing and their impact Mm -hmm. is the word you used. And is this also going to be an opportunity, say, for a local business person or even a policymaker to say, hey, we have all this accelerator activity. Uh, Is it helping Hawaii diversify its economy? Is it creating jobs? Is that also an aspect of the program?
2: Yes. So we will definitely have at least 20 minutes for audience questions. We'll be using Meeting SIFT. Ah, So. So we we really encourage you know policy makers business people to come in ask questions all of these accelerators have invested in over you know over hundreds of companies here in Hawaii now that they've been around for over two years so we're so excited just to see what that impact is and mm-hmm. really really get that discussion going so we want those hard questions we really want the the five accelerators are in the room let's let's <laughs> let's get some get some, let's hard get some answers. good questions
0: well, <laughs> I don't want to pose a hard question right now but I, I I will attempt to broach a subject that might be kind of interesting uh, I got a chance to talk to the folks over at OTED, and I think they're going to be attending, but they weren't part of the list of people that were going to be sharing some of the new things that they're doing. But I would think that OTED, which is the Office of Technology Transfer and Economic Development or something like that, Yes, I mean, they're really kind of directly involved with uh, Accelerate UH,
2: right? Yes, we work with them very closely. Uh, Obviously, when we're looking to license and commercialize intellectual property coming out of the university, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we 100% need to be closely aligned with OTED and working with them hand in hand. Mm -hmm. All right,
1: and actually that's in line, in fact, with the next week's show. We're going to be talking about an example of research coming out and being commercialized. But if somebody wants to participate or sit in on this uh, this great luncheon tomorrow. I understand there's not many seats left, but if somebody wanted to register and find more information, get that discounted price, where should they go?
2: They should go to hvca.org.
0: Sounds good. Fantastic. Great. And, of course, we have uh, Darcy here also in the studio, and she's uh, going to share something that's happening brand new with, well, actually not brand new, but the, the second, I guess, poo-poos and pitches coming up. Welcome to the show, Darcy.
3: Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really excited for our summertime edition of Poo Poo's and Pitches. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to have a really exciting lineup of companies as well as seasoned investors, Um, building on the great work that's happening um, and the that's going to be at the event at HVCA. It's kind of a Joint event, if mm-hmm. you will. So, if they want to get their fill of startup fun, they can also come for poo-poo's and beer um, after work. Paul Hanna and Lisa will be one of our investor judges as well.
0: So, it's poo and pitchers or pitches. And mm-hmm. pitches? Oh, pitches! <laughs> Making pitches, oh, <laughs> but there okay, are okay,
1: pictures. Yeah. Okay. there will, there be, be, will pitchers. be beer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you are a part of the program at uh, Melly's lunchtime event. So, this is one big f- happy family. Uh, so, who, who are some of the the companies that we'll be able to see doing their pitches at Poo Poo's and Pitches tomorrow after work?
3: Yeah, we're super excited to have Shifted Energy, um, Olin Lagon, They take ordinary water heaters and they turn them into energy storage grids. Um, families and businesses can then use their energy later. So it's a really neat um Social investment, as well as a double bottom line impact mm-hmm, company. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have Board.Vote. Uh, they provide online voting for nonprofit board members, enabling them to submit, track, and cast their vote on important proposals from wherever they are. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Mentors Guild uh, makes it easy for businesses to tap into outside expertise. All local companies, um, all in really good shape and ready to get. Expert advice from our judges, Lisa Kleisner, Richard Lim from Tradewin Capital, and Steve Koski from SPK Ventures. So,
0: what is it that the judges will judge them upon? And are there going to be winners?
3: Yeah, <laughs> so it's not Shark Tank. <laughs> okay, it's not like a <laughs> yeah. Trump kind of thing. No. But
0: are they going to just give, uh, let's say, recommendations or some some thoughts about how to proceed?
3: Yeah. So one of the things that we really want to embody at the Entrepreneurs Foundation is a spirit of collaboration and collective leadership. And so we feel that this model really helps to um, bring new companies along, pass on expertise. We are the Aloha State, so we like to share knowledge Mm -hmm. and expertise so all ships can rise, um, especially in business where it is, you know, we can be defined as a community of success. So um, we're really excited to have the judges share their very good experience on impact, how they have themselves have been successful, and help our new startup companies to grow. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I, I understand you're a relatively uh, a new addition to the Entrepreneur Foundation of Hawaii's organization. Is that
3: true? Very true. So
1: what was it that uh, drew you to it? And and what do you see as uh, driving the mission of that organization forward? I imagine this is certainly going to be one of many Poo Poo's and Pitches events.
3: Yeah, you know, we have uh, committed to Poo Poo's and Pitches for this year. Um, We have some great sponsors who would like us to and support us in this work. Um, One of the things that I think EF Hawaii is going to be able to do in the near future is really impact corporate charitable giving in Hawaii um, because we hope to provide that value to our members. Our structure follows similar proven models from around the nation and um, also the globe. And what we're trying to do right now is rebuild our membership, re-engage with the community, and really help companies to increase revenue and grow alternative sources of funding. Mm -hmm.
0: So, do you envision how many uh, a year do you want to do? Do you want to do like a two a year, <laughs> four a year? I mean, what's the what's the game plan?
3: Oh, I'm in it for the long run. Yeah, like I'm it. I'm really committed to this. Um, I've got a lot of friends who I was sharing with Melly, and I'm you know we have similar networks of people who. Have a really hard time coming home mm-hmm, um, because mm-hmm. of the lack of job opportunity, and um, I'm really committed to helping turn that around for our industry.
0: What were you uh, What were you involved in prior to to getting involved with uh, Entrepreneur Foundation?
3: Yeah, um, so I have a nonprofit consultancy, um, primarily in communications, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the majority of my work has been with. Native Hawaiian communities. So I've worked a lot in community organizing and community building, education, agriculture, um, and sustainability. And so I think that having a different perspective, not necessarily having been from the industry, Mm -hmm. um, brings a different view to how we go about doing work, how we build our communities, and how we grow them. Oh, that sounds
0: great.
1: So, Darcy, if someone wants to continue the fun starting after the luncheon that M- Melly's putting on want to participate in poo-poo's and Pitches, where can they go for more information?
3: Yeah, efhawaii.org, okay. and you can sign up um, there, and then um, or you can actually go to HVCA, so we're cross-promoting tickets, so...
0: Well, that's, uh, that's great, Darcy, and I want to thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you for having
0: me. And, you know, on the phone, we have uh, David Bruce, and uh, he is joining us to tell us a little bit about the event that he's coming up with, I guess, uh, what, on Friday? Mm-hmm. With, and he's uh, actually here somewhere on Oahu, but decided to call in. But he's <laughs> actually on, you know, sh- you know, he normally spends most of his time on a big island with GVS. Uh. So, David, welcome to Bite Marks Cafe.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me, Bird. Appreciate it. Sure. Uh, actually, I'm not on Oahu yet. I'll be there tomorrow. Um, I will be at the HVCA as well as Poopoos and Pinches. Um, sounds like there's a lot of activity going on, and it looks like we're going to uh, throw our hat in that ring as well.
1: Good. I good. love it. So, so yes.
4: yeah, what we're doing is um, we're going to be announcing uh, the second round for the GVS Transmedia Accelerator. And on Friday night, we're going to have an FAQ event with Hollywood film director David Cunningham, who's also the executive director of the accelerator. Um, we're going to be hosting that at the new Rock Center on uh, 1110 New Anu Ave uh, there in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: right, right. Uh-huh. Um,
4: and we too will have poo poos and beer. <laughs> um, so it seems like a, a great theme for the week. Um, but we'll be there to answer questions about what is our accelerator. Uh, what kind of mentors do we have, Um, uh, just any questions that are involved. Um, Some of the new things that we're pivoting this year on our Accelerator is we're going to be opening it up um, for creative entrepreneurs and producers. So you can apply to the Accelerator if you don't necessarily have an intellectual property that you're submitting to the Accelerator. Um, The idea is that we can play matchmaker if we find a great product a great team and we can uh, basically build creative teams so I think this year we're really looking to solidify um, teams um, where you can have a writer, producer, director um, so that you're really coming into the, the project with a lot more than just if you were just
1: single person. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I mean uh, the GVS Accelerator content focused uh, certainly uh, finding helping people find their voices, indigenous or, uh, indigenous cultures and such. But what you're saying is, yeah, I, some people say uh, I have an idea for a story I want to tell and people I want to work with but you're saying uh, now the GVS Accelerator is, is, is being more flexible in the sense that hey, my skill is really in video editing. My skill is really in uh, script writing. I don't really have a project I'm attached to but I want to contribute to something like this. Something that the GVIS Accelerator would back. And so that's also an opportunity that somebody can apply and just say, these are my talents.
4: Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we're basically trying to fill any gaps within a creative company. Um, so if you do have that skill set, you can apply as an entrepreneur. Um, and the idea is just to strengthen a company from the start.
1: So the GVS Accelerator um, uh, housed prim- primarily on the, the Big Island, but certainly open to a wider audience. Um, for someone who's not familiar with what the GVS Accelerator has to offer, um, like under the Accelerator, there's an opportunity for funding. What does that look like for a possible participant in your second cohort?
4: Yeah, so we, um, we offer a $50,000 seed investment, um, and then we put the company through a six-month intensive. Uh, We provide mentors from producers of X-Men, Spider-Man, to screenwriters that have written Young Guns, Hidalgo, um, currently the showrunner on Marco Polo for Netflix. So what we do is we bring in these mentors to pour into these companies, um, as well as the seed funding, and then if that company goes through the graduation um, process at the end of that six-month period, then that company is eligible for up to a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar match, so they have to go out and find their own follow-on funding, mm. and then we can also match that up to two hundred and
0: fifty k. Sounds great. So, so you, you, sorry,
1: you said the event was uh, uh, David Cunninghamly participating. He's a f- filmmaker and uh, organizer
0: for the accelerator, correct?
4: Yes, exactly.
0: So, uh, David, your your event is this Friday. Tell us where we can go to find out more about it.
4: Yeah, if you want to connect with us on Facebook at Global. Virtual studio. We'll be uh, posting a lot this week. Um, love to come out, meet uh, the creative community here a- in the island, and it's there's a lot of great people here that we're really finding that are coming out of the woodwork, and we're just excited to continue to grow the industry um, to really flip the model of instead of waiting for the phone to ring from Hollywood to say, hey, we're going to come here and we're going to shoot, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark or whatever it might be. We want to begin to. Really start creating our own intellectual property, tell our own stories so that we can build industry from within and then export out to the world.
1: All right. Sounds uh, good. Thanks, David, for calling in. Um, and again, the event will be on Friday. So, but you'll also be participating at the HVCA event on Wednesday, the Poopoos and yes. Pitches, I mean, Thursday, the Poopoos and Pitches tomorrow night and on Friday. And uh, your information is at gvsaccelerator.com.
0: Right. So thanks, David, Thank for joining you. us. Yeah. And uh, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Dr. Gunther Hassinger and Dr. Roy Gal to talk about astronomy and the International Astronomical Union. We'll also have the Deputy uh, General from the IAU
1: calling all the way in from Italy to share his view as well. We'd, of course, love your thoughts or questions as a part of that conversation. You can give us a call at 941 or toll free from the neighbor islands at 877 877- 941-3689.
0: And of course, we're live here in the studio. You can tweet us at BiteMarks or at Hawaii. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
5: There's new science in determining the rare pigments that are in priceless works of art. You don't want to scrape off the Mona Lisa's face. You want to take a teeny teeny tiny sample and then use this approach to then obtain a fingerprint of your sample. I'm Sarah McConnell. Join me for
1: with good reason. Thursdays at 6.30 on Hawaii Public Radio.
6: Each week, New
4: Dimensions explores the social, political, scientific, environmental, and spiritual frontiers with some of today's foremost social innovators, thinkers, scientists, and creative artists.
5: Hi, I'm Jane Hirschfield, author of A Book of Poetry, The Beauty, and A Book of Essays, Ten Windows. Next time on New Dimensions, I'll be talking about how great poems transform the world.
4: Sunday morning at 11. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Whole Foods Market Hawaii, Ferraro
0: Choi, and Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. The International Astronomical Union, or IAU, is holding its triennial General Assembly in Hawaii next month. The 11-day event will bring over two... Well, 2,500 people from more than 75 countries to Honolulu, and could be one of the organization's largest professional astronomy events ever. Here in the studio to tell us about
1: it is Dr. Gunter Hassinger and Dr. Roy Gal. Gunter was the scientific director at the Max Planck Institute for Plasma Physics before becoming the director of the Institute for Astronomy here at UH. Roy, meanwhile, friend of the show, is an assistant astronomer at the Institute for Astronomy at the University of Hawaii, and oversees all of the Institute's outreach and public relations activities.
0: And joining us by phone all the way from Padova, Italy, we have Piero Benvenuti, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yes, you do. Oh, thank you. And, uh, and he is the Assistant Secretary General of the IAU and a full professor of high energy astrophysics and the director of the Center for Space Studies at the University of Padova and he will uh, he will become the IAU Secretary General at next month's meeting here
1: So what are some of the benefits of having the IAU meeting in Hawaii? What are some of the topics on the agenda? We of course love your questions, comments as well You can give us a call at 941 on Oahu or 877 941 from the neighbor islands Gunter, Roy and Piero Welcome to Byte Marks Cafe. Thank, Thank you, you very for very having
6: much. us.
5: Thank you for Thank having you. us.
0: Now, I guess I'll start with, uh, with Gunter since he's here in the studio, director of the Institute for Astronomy, and ask you, Günther, how did you get Hawaii on the map with the IAU General Assembly
5: meeting? So actually, the IAU General Assembly, you can regard that as a kind of Olympic Games for astronomy. <laughs> it happens mm-hmm. every three years. And uh, years in advance, there is a competition about who is getting the next place. To now, we didn't
0: education. have to build a stadium or, or you know, <laughs> build some <laughs> kind of great sporting rink.
5: Fortunately <laughs> not. No. <laughs> and so the IAU uh, decision to come to Hawaii, I think, was done in 2009. Mm-hmm. And there were uh, three competitors. And the other one was Paris. And the third one was Calgary. And Honolulu won. Oh, go Hawaii. And And um, I think my predecessor, Rolf Godritsky, and others have actually pushed very hard. So you have to write a proposal. You have to make a site visit and show... But I think Hawaii is really a winner because Hawaii is Hawaii. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Now, Piero, from the IAU's perspective, and certainly here you are uh, incoming uh, 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 general of the IAU, and this will be uh, an important event for you. But leading into it, um, what were your thoughts or can you speak for the organization's thoughts as to why Hawaii won this particular contest to host this fantastic event?
7: Well, I think that uh, the main reason was that uh, uh, Hawaii and um, the observatory in the islands are really considered by the astronomer one of the hot spots in, uh, in astronomy. And so uh, the attraction of, of the site, both from the point of view of the, of the science that it's made there and of the environment, made um, the proposal win over the, the other two. And so we are really very thrilled by all this, and um, uh, we, we see that this will be possibly the, the largest uh, General Assembly that we had in the history of uh, IAU. So mm-hmm. we're very pleased that this is happening in, in your country.
0: Good. So and, and Roy, were you involved with uh, putting the proposal together? What, what, what was it that you, or what was so, so special that maybe attracted the decision-makers to choose Hawaii?
6: Well, I didn't work on the proposal. I wasn't in this position at the time. But I think uh, an important aspect is that a lot of the Asian countries are growing in their influence in astronomy, Mm -hmm. Japan, China, India. And many of the IAU meetings have been held on the other side of the world. And Hawaii is really a nexus for the east and the west. And so it's a perfect place. uh, The observatories here are a good example of that. So I think it is more inviting for astronomers from those countries to come here as well. So it's a big growth in the a community of astronomers and it's the perfect place to have it well
0: that that's interesting that um, so the idea of hawaii really playing a position of east meets west is actually true in this in this event
6: it's true in this event it's true in the people who are partner in organizations and the countries who are partnering in observatories here so um, we have uh, latin american countries european countries uh asian countries uh North American countries all partnering uh, in observatories here and all bringing their astronomers here. And many of those developing countries see astronomy as a way to grow their STEM community. And to really shine on the world stage, uh, not just in space missions but also in, ac- in you know ground-based research mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. uh, Gunter,
1: one thing that uh, Pierre mentioned and and Roy as well is that they're saying that this could be the largest of uh, general assembly, and in fact, I'm looking at the Twitter account for the IAU and it says this promises to be the largest professional astronomy conference since the big Bang! <laughs> so we've thrown numbers around, like 2,500 people, but so why is that? I mean, is it is it because Hawaii is so attractive? Is it because this is the year, the era of astronomy? Yeah.
5: I think you can say that there are roughly 10,000 astronomers uh, in the IAU, and so it's a quarter of all astronomers. And so, uh, it is, I think the other uh, events have had a about maybe 1,500, 2,000 or so. So uh, it is the largest, but not by a huge factor the largest. mm -hmm. But on the other hand, Hawaii itself is very attractive um, for coming here. As as, uh, Roy said, it's in the middle of the Pacific. The observatories uh, are a big draw, um, and we are sometimes calling us the Pan-Pacific Observatory because all the countries around the Pacific Rim are now part and are also getting um, a larger interest in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And indeed, I think we are living in a kind of golden age of discovery. There are so many discoveries raining down on us that uh, I think that is also an additional draw in astronomy in general.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, Piero, I I will put you on the spot here and maybe ask you uh, what went into the planning of this General Assembly and what are some of the hot topics that you see being discussed uh, at this meeting
7: well the the scientific program of an agency is decided uh, about um 18 months in, uh, before it happens and it is on uh, on competition so there is a call to the to the community to the union to propose the subject of the scientific um uh, agenda of the of the assembly and so It's really uh, the most hot topics that are being discussed here. and Of course, because of the large audience, uh, the subjects are really spanning all over the different areas of astronomy, astrophysics, and cosmology. So uh, there is a choice, really, of uh, all the uh, most advanced research, both in terms of the most distant universe, uh, on the forming galaxies and in the very close to the Big Bang and much, much closer here of the study of, um, of asteroids, for example. And um, one of the, I think, one of the most uh, uh, interesting topic is the recent studies on the extra um, solar planets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know now that essentially all the stars host systems similar to the solar system. And uh, we are discovering uh, every day uh, new planets uh, orbiting stars, and of course, in the end, uh, the real quest that is not yet uh, answered is: Would these um, planets uh, have the possibility of a hosting life, like uh, in our in our planet? Uh, this is the long-term uh, dream of astronomer, but I think not only astronomer of all the men, and so uh, for reason I think um, astronomy, and in particular astronomy here today, is uh, so attractive to everybody.
5: Gunder? Yeah, can I follow up on this? This is indeed one of the really exciting topics. The, the holy grail uh, is to find an Earth-like planet which is nearby so that you can study it well. And there have been actually breakthroughs uh, in the last few years uh, uh, in the discovery of extrasolar planets mainly um, also because of the NASA uh, spacecraft, the Kepler spacecraft, Mm -hmm. and also the European spacecraft. And there was one really fascinating result that came out um, that was also partly done by uh, Andrew Howard in our institute, that namely uh, every fifth planet is now thought to have an Earth-like planet in the habitable zone. (laughs) So if you look at the stars in the sky, you can count them, and every um, fifth star has one. Mm-hmm. And so the, no, the the average distance that you can expect of these planets is about ten, twelve light years away from us. Uh, the nearest uh, pla- the nearest star, um, uh, Proxima Centauri, is about four light years away. And so just um, ten, twelve light years uh, is already in the immediate vicinity mm-hmm. of the Earth. We can expect an extrasolar planet where you could, in principle, uh, live. And so I'm dreaming of generations in 500 years from now who uh, actually go out there and fly to the next uh, habitable planet, similar to the Polynesian voyages that f- uh, went out to find Hawaii. This is the next big goal. Well, you know,
0: Gunther, uh, I, um, Roy is very familiar with this, but uh, we've often uh, contemplated the changing of the name of the show to uh,
5: Exo- Exoplanet <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the number of dec- the discoveries that have had been ha- are continued to announce in the exoplanet search yes, uh, is something published. that we like to cover because a lot of that science is happening here. Mm-hmm. Now, when we talk about relevance and hot topics, uh, I love that often um, some of them make the regular front page, the normal person front page. And that kind of puts me I- into uh, putting people on the spot because we were all excited recently about the New Horizons mission to Pluto. The the images coming back, everybody loves Pluto, pictures of Pluto the dog on Pluto the planet, the heart-shaped <laughs> op, uh, uh, feature on the side of Pluto. But when one thinks about Pluto, it's hard not to remember that Pluto had a couple of really hard years where Pluto was demoted uh, in in some extent <laughs> from the from the class of planets and i think it was at an iau meeting in prague in prague, in prague. No, uh,
6: roy um i was there okay you were there, yeah. there. actually there. possibly there, all there. three of us on this show were there and i don't know how piero voted but Günther and i and we're ducking our heads right now <laughs> uh, did vote to demote pluto uh, based you on t- so just, scientific just for the rationale. Record,
0: piero what how did you vote
7: no, I voted uh, in in favor of this uh, new rede- redefinition. I wouldn't call it demoting. I mean, <laughs> it is just a renaming. And um, in fact, Pluto has joined a, a precious uh, team of other bodies that uh, share the same characteristics, um, like Ceres and, and other large uh, bodies that are present in the in the solar system. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the point is. Either you decide that um, uh, you make many more uh, planets than the nine that we were used to have,
4: mm-hmm. or
7: you create a new class of objects that are very interesting. And they, they you know, because it, it, our interest in studying this and classifying the different bodies is really to understand better the origin of the solar system. So uh, we have to follow the uh, the research, and I understand fully understand the uh, the the people, the common people who are used to something, and then they are faced with a with a change Mm. in their in their culture, in their in their way of thinking. But I mean, um, you know, we're not talking about the Copernican revolution here. But (laughs) I mean, it's it's a sort of. Uh, a revolution of uh, of knowledge that comes from uh, a group of specialists, the astronomer, and sometimes they have a, a large impact on, on the common uh, view that has been accumulating for years and years. Uh, absolutely. After all, I mean, in Italy, we have a trial to Galileo when he mm. he showed that the sky was different from what uh, people believe so far. So, I mean, uh, we're not really at uh, that...
1: Right, we're not. It's not point, quite that bad. Piero. It
7: shows that um, uh, we uh, we astronomers have could to be a bit careful when we we change things because. Um uh, we may hit a on, uh, impact, yeah. on a belief of, of people and we have to, to explain clearly why this uh, this is happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Piero, we're joking, of course. I mean, we, we've talked about it quite a bit and actually your example of Galileo, I mean, that's excellent because it, astronomy is changing that quickly. Our understanding yeah. of the universe is changing that quickly and you're either going to say we have eight planets or we have 300 mm-hmm. planets in our solar system. Uh, yeah, Uter. so
5: actually um, I can uh, confirm that Pluto has become the king of a new class. I mean, he has become the king (laughs) of the dwarf planets. (laughs) So he has been elevated in that uh, sense. And actually, uh, the motivation was, you know, that uh, everyone in the school is learning this this sentence, I mean, how to memorize the, the planets. And we have one sentence in German, but the one here in the U.S. I think is called, or was called, my very educated mother just uh, served us 9 pizzas. That's <laughs> the way the school kids remember uh, with the, uh, the the first letters of this sentence. And so then we were asked, I mean, how could how on in, in earth could the school kids now learn <laughs> the new system without Pluto, right? Without the P at the end, without, without the pizza. Yeah. But if you think it the other way around, if there are 50 planets like Pluto, I mean, how on earth could the school kids <laughs> learn this system? Right, right. And so in the end, I think it's much easier to say my very educated mother just serves us nuts. <laughs> <laughs> And now, then Pluto is uh, kind of his own class. So,
0: so Gunther, you know, what's, what's interesting is the kinds of perhaps decisions that get made at the IAU General Assembly meeting. So when this issue came up in, I guess, 2009 to decide whether to uh, give Pluto a new classification, is there another type of vote that pr- might occur uh, at perhaps this IAU General uh, Assembly meeting?
5: I mean, it was actually 2007 in, in Prague. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So so what kind of decisions might be made that we should prepare ourselves for?
5: <laughs> <laughs> you know that the the IAU has commissions about many different things. And uh, just recently, we have enjoyed one extra second uh, in, in the time, uh, mm-hmm. you know, these leap seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, yeah. the IAU is defining uh, by watching very carefully how the time is going r- versus the clock of the Earth. Uh, what the time is so that they are the uh, timekeepers and they decide when the leap seconds are coming in. Mm-hmm. They decide about the naming of um, uh, of planets uh, and uh, so they have a very important uh, point in the relation of astronomers to the general public. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there is also some exciting um, events happening in this IEU. <laughs>
6: yeah, and there will be a Interesting announcement uh, about the public's opportunity to participate in some of these activities uh, during the IAU. So people should keep their uh, eyes and ears peeled. Ah, ah. ah. Well, so
0: you're <laughs> y- y- you're making you're being a, b- a bit coy. <laughs> well, I don't,
6: I can't take away the announcement that's going to happen, I see, but I, I, I can announce that there will be an <laughs> announcement.
0: announcement. Okay.
1: Well, okay. So, Piero, we know that uh, this uh, General Assembly moves around the world, is hosted by astronomers around the world. Hawaii is one of uh, one of the hotbeds of astronomy, one of the largest events coming together. But it's not, you know. But also, like the Olympics, there's the opportunity to engage and uh, work with the local community. And I know that the IUC's outreach is an important part of its mission and activities. For example, for for school children in the cities that host them um, are. Uh, can you give us an idea of some of the things that the IU might uh, be doing here in Honolulu, in addition to the important work of uh, astronomy meeting?
7: Oh yes, there there is a, um, many uh, occasions for local schools to interact with uh, with a farmer participating in the in the uh, assembly, and so we have a really a full uh, program that has to be looked at, and we have occasion to. To watch stars, uh, so we have a night which is dedicated to observation by by the public uh, together with uh, with astronomers, and we have uh, really plenty of occasion almost every day to uh, interact with uh, with local schools, and we are really committed to that. Uh, the IAU is implementing a strategic plan since uh, three years, and is continuing to engage uh, uh, schools and and the population. In in astronomy, all over the world, uh, because really we want to make astronomy as uh, the property of everybody, not just a small group of the, of the specialists. And and so we will take this opportunity in Hawaii to to share this with uh, with the public. Uh, and I hope this will be really very successful and and um, enjoyable for the for the population.
0: Well, well. Um, um Piero, that's uh, something that we definitely want to talk more about because I think one of the features of this big meeting that's happening here in Hawaii is how can the public interact with the astronomic community. So we'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Dr. Gunther Hassinger and Roy, Dr. Roy Gal, as well as Piero Benvenuti. Benvenuti and uh, we're talking about the... Uh, UH Institute for Astronomy, and, of course, uh, the upcoming IAEU General Assembly meeting. And if you've got a question about this event, you can call and ask the experts. Uh, We
1: won't hold them to the fire much longer for that Pluto decision. You can give us a call at 941-3689 or from the Neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. You're listening to Bite Marks Cafe.
0: On the next Radio Lab.
6: We
2: meet a woman whose heartbeat...
5: Don't panic.
0: ...has something to say to all of us. It feels
5: like somebody has a rubber mallet and is banging on the inside of my sternum.
0: About fear...
5: Something must be wrong. It's like she couldn't escape. Fragility... It's never happened to me before. I see you,
0: heart. And friendship...
5: I see you.
0: Join us for our Radio Love Fest special recorded live at Brooklyn Academy of Music on the next radio lab Saturday morning
1: at 10...
3: On the next on being, Elizabeth Alexander on why poetry matters in complicated times. I ask questions relatively often in poems and I ask them because I don't know the answer. And I ask them because I think that poems are fantastic spaces with which to arrive at real conundrumy
0: kinds of questions. I'm Krista Tippett. Please join us.
4: Sunday morning at 10 following weekend edition. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool.
1: Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozauer. We're talking to Dr. Gunter Hassinger, Dr. Roy Gal, and all the way from Italy, Piero Benvenuti, Assistant Secretary General of the IAU, about their upcoming General Assembly.
0: And, of course, you can give us a call here. That number to dial is 941-3689 on Oahu. Or... 877-941-3689 877-941-3689 from the Neighbor Islands. And of course, right before the break, we're talking about some of the events that were associated with the IAU General Assembly meeting and the uh, opportunity perhaps for school kids and the public to get involved. Roy, I mean, you got some other tidbits you want to share with us?
6: So, there's two uh, public talks at the Convention Center on two of the evenings of the IAU. Uh Tickets are, we do, do ask people to get tickets, but they're totally free. Um, and they're available at uhifa.ticketbud.com. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The first talk is on August 4th by a uh, master navigator, Kalepa Babayan, uh, talking about uh, Polynesian voyaging and its relation to the stars. And the second is a week later on August 11th in the evening uh, where Gunter Hasinger will give part of the talk and Andrea Ghez, an astronomer from uh, UCLA who works on the black hole in the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Um, they'll have a doubleheader talk. So those are two free, completely open to the public talks. There's two stargazing events, August 3rd and 13th uh, at Magic Island on uh, Alamuana Beach Park starting uh, at sunset. Mm -hmm. Um, where we'll have astronomers from the IFA, from the Hawaiian Astronomical Society, and others there to uh, uh, share the night sky with everyone. And then on the two Wednesdays of the IAU, their school kids get to come into the exhibit hall um, and interact with exhibitors, have six hands-on activities, and those are done by registration online. They're actually completely full up. We have over 500 school kids coming. Wow. And then we have another program where astronomers can volunteer to go into schools, and school cl- teachers can say, I want an astronomer in my classroom, and we match them up so the astronomers coming from around the world can go, and the kids can interact with them in their classrooms.
0: Um, the timing for that is is uh, interesting because I think school is, what, just about starting Isn't for some?
6: Right, we're lucky that Hawaii has a somewhat strange schools, public <laughs> school schedule. Uh, so it's during the first two weeks of the public school. But we've actually made these events available like the visits to the convention center, homeschool groups and individual kids were able to sign up as well Mm -hmm. so that those in private school or not in public school, could also attend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, for these school visits, although
1: they're full up, um, I I was excited about it. I I encouraged some of my teacher friends to to get involved. What does that actually look like? I mean, are they going to sit in on these very serious talks about measurements of gamma radiation? No, no. We don't want to scare kids away (laughs) from astronomy.
6: (laughs) So they're going to come into the exhibit hall and visit six stations, each for about 15 minutes. So it's a a one-and-a-half-hour visit. Um, The buses are being provided free by a donor to the American Astronomical Society, Um, and uh, they'll just do hands-on activities uh, and get goodie bags from each station. I've been told that NASA is bringing 500 little telescopes, so every kid is walking away with a telescope from this uh, event. So we hope we have a lot of people exploring the night sky after that. So when you uh when you have your
0: uh viewing event on Magic Island uh will they have their little <laughs> telescopes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they might if their they their
6: come on week 2 uh the August 13th stargazing is after both of the school visit days. So uh, yeah, come on out and uh, we'll share the night sky with you.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Now, Piero, this is probably a a silly question, but certainly there is a lot of serious astronomy happening in Hawaii. And there are a lot of professionals who are coming, people that with this event being so large, you might not have had an opportunity to meet in person for some time. But I'm curious for you personally, apart from astronomy, what uh, are some of the things you're looking forward to experiencing, seeing or talking about or learning about when you are here in Honolulu?
7: Well, certainly, um, um, my interest will be to to meet people and to see different uh, culture. I've never been to Hawaii, so as many of the other uh, participants to the uh, to the assembly. So, apart from my professional interest in in, uh, in astronomy and and the, uh, the scientific program of the of the assembly, which is my main interest, uh, I always love to m- merge with people and interact with people to see. Uh, how different are their ideas from mine uh, coming from a faraway country? Um, uh, it's always an enrichment that I try to, um, to get when I, when I travel around the world.
1: Well, it's impressive. So I'm looking
7: forward to that, uh, yeah, really, I'd... because um, it's, um, it's a history of Hawaii, and it's so interesting that uh, I, I like to talk about that with, um, directly with people.
0: So Piero, uh, do you do you? I'm, I'm wondering, would the attendees from the uh, General Assembly would they have opportunities to perhaps visit the neighbor islands and and uh, go beyond the confines <laughs> of the convention center?
7: I I think they should certainly have that. Um, personally, I'm afraid. I mean, because of my commitment with the with the IAU, uh, uh, I will have uh, rather limited time to do that. But. That is my personal problem. Um, <laughs> most of the attendees will uh, will have opportunities, and they they are not enchained um, to the to the <laughs> symposium. I mean, they they can choose what to listen, and uh, they can, they can they are free to uh, build up their own um, uh, uh, excursions around. And in fact, um, many offers have been made to to them to to visit uh, the islands and to to see more than what you could see from. Uh, uh, in Honolulu. So, so
0: um, Gunther, as the yeah. as the host, uh, <laughs> you know, of this event here, what have you planned for some of these visiting astronomers?
5: Yeah, I mean, first, I wanted to say that um, since coming out to Hawaii is a major enterprise uh, for most of these people, many of them come for the first time. So, I personally have talked to people who basically stay here longer or come earlier. Uh, a visit to the neighbor islands mm-hmm. uh, just mm-hmm. in the touristic um, terms we also have a few side events I think there are one or two conferences that happen at the IFA where people basically use the opportunity to f- meet colleagues here and do um, some other things mm-hmm. there is one uh, celebration of a 70th birthday, which happens actually in between, in the middle uh, of the two weeks uh, on the weekend, uh, uh, in one of the Waikiki hotels. So, so people are actually using the opportunity to be here um, for for all kinds of side events.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I'm wondering, you know, the uh, the I guess the general meeting, general assembly meeting, used, it happens every three years. There's so much happening in astronomy now. What was it that made it? a three-year event as opposed to perhaps a, a biennial event every two years.
5: I, Any thoughts on that? I don't remember exactly. Maybe Piero can answer that. <laughs> uh, I think that was part well, of the, the genesis of the really island. It's really
0: in the history of
7: the... Of, I think this is a, the best compromise um, between, the, you know, um, moving around uh, so many astronomers is not easy, particularly in the current uh, economical situation. Uh-huh. One has to... To choose uh, the travels that he made. So, um, also for the for the uh, agency itself, uh, we are um, counting on the, on the uh, on the fee which is paid by the different member states countries, and um, we are accumulating, in a sense, for for two years or for three years, if you like, the the money to support the the assembly. And so, is a, I think it's a good compromise between the. Advancement that you can expect in in um, in astronomy. So you really want to have a, an assembly where there are new results, mm-hmm. and three years is a is an excellent timing uh, in that sense.
6: I like the number, yep. Roy. Well, and, and let's not forget that the General Assembly is the big meeting, but there are many many specific scientific symposia run by the IAU and many other entities in between. So it's not like we hold up all our science for three years, just waiting to <laughs> right, let it out. Right. So, uh,
1: well, we get a lot of those press releases too. Yeah. So, well, Piero, I mean, we appreciate you making the journey. I mean, you're in fact joining us from exactly the other side of the planet, twelve hours away. Thank you for waking up early to be on the call. And you said you'll be busy at this conference, but this is also the conference where you begin your term as the Secretary General of the IAU. So, I would imagine your next three years are going to be even busier than the last three years have oh, been. Oh yes,
7: definitely. <laughs> and i'll be staying in paris long in mean, most of my time
0: so so uh, uh Piero, do you have any let's say uh initiatives or particular directives that you want to implement under your your reign <laughs>
7: uh, well my um uh, really my responsibility and my intention is to um to support uh, more strongly the initiative that I was mentioning before which is the Uh, so-called office of astronomy for development Mm. Uh, it is an IAU enterprise which is based in in South Africa but is uh, creating regional nodes for the the diffusion of astronomical culture all over the world and uh, for doing that efficiently we had already good success with this in uh, in the past three years but really we have to move that to different scales so I'll be uh, busy in a, in a big um, fundraising activity to provide more funds to develop this, because uh, really it's something which uh, the union considers uh, a, a really a, a, an excellent way of uh, promoting astronomy, but not only promoting astronomy, but using astronomy to promote science all over the world. Uh, that would be my really my main um, preoccupation during the, the next Next
1: venue. Yeah, well, um, Roy, you do a fantastic job helping with outreach for astronomers in general, of course, as well as the Institute for Astronomy. But here, this upcoming General Assembly is an opportunity for you to do outreach to your kind, your mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. the the stargazers around the world. So uh, giving you a permission to get a little technical if you'd like, is there something that you cannot wait to unveil, show, or spread the word about uh, in terms of the work that the IFA is doing in Hawaii to this global community of astronomers?
6: Well, we do have a number of uh, press releases in the works, so but of course we can't give those out in advance. <laughs> some are related what? to extrasolar planets, so you'll be happy. More um, exoplanets, very good. Um, um, there is uh, this... Uh, uh, other announcement that's coming, which I think uh, everyone here will have fun with. It's a, a way to get the public involved. Um, I'm actually excited that there is one aspect of the General Assembly is these things called focus meetings, which are on very specific science topics, and there's 22 of them uh, along the two weeks. And over half of them are organized or co-organized by astronomers by the, fr- uh, from the IFA. So we've really got a presence in a lot of those fields, and some of them have to do with, like, demographics of extrasolar planets, which we're really starting to understand now. Um, or the uses of modern technology and how to develop out things like adaptive optics. Uh, So there's all kinds of topics that are going to be very exciting. Uh,
1: Are you leading any of those yourself personally? No,
6: I'm taking care of all of the stargazing events and the teaching events (laughs) and stuff like that. Uh, And we also have something actually that's exciting that we didn't talk about, uh, which is we have two teacher training workshops, one being held at the Bishop Museum and one being held at IFA's uh, headquarters where teachers from around the world and we're also inviting local teachers can come and be get hands-on activities for how to deal with uh, teaching astronomy and physics to students, and those are essentially free, or one is $35, but we're covering that charge for them for local teachers. Um, so that's bringing experts from around the world in astronomy education and trying to get that into the local community as well. You
0: know, there was a story that just uh, came out, um, perhaps not as big as uh, some of the stories about Pluto, but uh, the the kick telescopes came out with uh, an app called Keck Watch, mm-hmm. and uh, that just happened to roll out this week as well, and uh, Roy, I mean, I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that. I mean, that's something that you can actually download free iOS, and you can view the sky- night sky based on some of the, uh, um, I guess, mapping that uh, the Keck came up with.
6: That's right. So they're incorporating actual astronomical data taken via local, obs- one of the greatest observatories in the world, a local observatory here, um, into a planetarium kind of like uh, app. So mm-hmm. Uh, it allows you to do those kind of things you've done maybe with an app on your phone, like there's a whole bunch of them. Um, uh, but now it kind of brings the research work that we're doing and the kind of images we take in research, which are sometimes beautiful images, but uh, and brings that into that same setting. So it connects that little pinpoint of light that you're seeing with what you see in a A big telescope and what an astronomer is is thinking about or or researching. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they're saying
1: the Keck Observatory is the most productive observatory on Earth. This Keck Watch app is designed by the same guy who did Distant Suns, very popular. Point your phone at the sky and see what's there, but he's added in the Hawaiian names of stars and constellations. Mm -hmm. You can even see when the Keck is observing and where it's pointed in the sky. So it's a real great way to connect with actual astronomical work that is happening here in Hawaii. So that's for iOS, Keck Watch, uh, in the App Store. But I've, I tried it out, my son also, so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, Gunter, now as the uh, director of the IFA and being able, I would say, to take the stage at the General Assembly, is there a singular message you want to convey to this
5: gathering of international astronomers? I think uh, astronomy is one of the enterprises uh, that the world is doing as a world heritage. uh, And I think the IEU coming here is really showing that we are all one big uh, global uh, enterprise in one big country. Mm -hmm. And Hawaii is in the middle of all of that because it is such a great place for astronomy. And uh, I would hope that the message would come out that we are all doing this together.
0: Great. Uh, Piero, any, any uh, parting uh, comments from you? Uh, we welcome you to Hawaii, and, and we, we hope that you have a, a, a great uh, trip over here. And uh, What do you, um, you want to convey, I guess, uh, from, from your vantage point uh, from the international astronomic community?
7: Well, I will share what uh, Gunther was saying. I mean, we, we are really showing the, with this meeting with people coming from the very distant countries, sometimes really making a big effort to, to join us, coming, for example, from Nepal or from uh, India or from um, even very poor countries. And they made a lot of effort to come together. So this is uh, showing that science uh, is really uh, a way to unite people all over uh, the world without any barrier of any, of any type. So uh, beyond the, the science that we are doing, is also a message of peace that we want to convey to everybody, where we have a common understanding on something that makes a background to to work together, together without any problem and in a very peaceful and rational way.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. That's great. Great words. Well, Dr. Gunther Hassinger is the director of the Institute for Astronomy, and Dr. Roy Gal handles the marketing and outreach at the IFA. And, of course, Dr. Piero Benvenuti calling all the way from Italy. We want to thank you for joining us. And, of course, you're the incoming, now incoming General, uh, Secretary General of the International Astronomical Union, and we want to congratulate you on your new post. Thank you, gentlemen.
5: Thank you very much for having us. It's great with you. <laughs>
0: As always, a pleasure. Thank you.
1: And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Please join us next week when we'll talk about box
0: jellyfish, Portuguese matter war, and minimizing the pain of their stings. Ouch! And if you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarksCafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, email us at feedback at BiteMarks.org. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at BiteMarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chong, and our executive producer is Beth Ann Koslovic. And we leave you with our song pick of the week. Here's a band called Grooms and a song called Comb the Feelings Through Your Hair. See you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.